Everybody, this is Justin and Jordan airing the worst podcast <laughs> ever. That was the worst podcast ever. That's the name of this podcast. Um, we are just two guys, two very handsome guys talking about Sufjan Stevens. Sorry, there's just something about you You saying we're airing this. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, we're airing this. <laughs> Okay, I love it. Let's go with it. Okay. Hey, we're welcome. We're airing this episode. It's true. It's we're putting it out there to many people's chagrin, our own chagrin. We actually do put it out there. <laughs> no, I meant airing, like E R R I N G. E R R I N G. I don't even know what like, that means. To air is human. It's like, oh, just kidding. That, that was a, that's a joke. I was yeah. It's a bad. <laughs> Kind of a bad language joke, you know. <laughs> Were you? Did you go to college? No, because you would have been an English major. I bet you. I yeah, I would have for sure. Yeah, creative writing or something. You would have been like Proust. Proust. Yes, he says this, and and everyone would be like, ugh. Yeah, I I'm sure. Actually, I probably saved myself a lot of kind of pre- pretentious like cringy memories by not going and getting an English degree. <laughs> that was a good guess, though. Are you amusing me or that actually would have been like... It would have did? been. But then also, like, I was 100% sure I would never want to be a teacher. And so yeah. it's tough. I don't... I mean, listeners, do you have an English degree? Um, I don't meet a lot of... I mean, this is like... I think it's a great thing to study and... I wish there were more in English degrees out there. I wish there were, but <laughs> I just think that a lot of my friends who have them are kind of like, yeah, I was compl- like, I can't do anything with it <laughs> um, except for be a teacher, which is great. Teachers are great, but I knew I didn't want to be one. That's, this is a really weird, long way of saying. Um, so I would have just basically just had a degree and then gone and I guess been a musician. Except yeah. I spent lots of money on a, on going to school. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And, uh, well, this is a great segue, Jor, because this is a very special episode. Mm-hmm. I know that people can read the title, but man, oh man, was this exciting for us. Why was this a good segue? Because one thing that comes up is we have John Ringhofer, mm-hmm. also known as Half-Handed Cloud, mm-hmm. who was very kind to do an interview with us. But he has an art degree in painting and is a fantastic artist. And it comes up in the interview that that was kind of what he thought he was going to do. Sufjan Stevens has, what does he have, a creative writing degree? Yeah, yeah, I think from the new school, yeah. And we also find out he was going to be a graphic designer. But life has, takes twists and turns. It's true, yeah. And and music One minute you're getting an English degree, the next you're living in Finland. I know, it's true. Yeah. So, Jor, uh, before we get into this interview with John, did you ever think the podcast, we would do something like this? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I was, it's all to your credit. Like, you kind of stalked John. Um, 
send him emails since you were a child, all in anticipation of this moment of getting to interview him. It's true. It's been a long. It was a long journey. I emailed him about ten years ago. Yeah. And then I decided to get it going again. Yeah. <laughs> and he was awesome. What a sweet guy. Just, I don't know, just obviously so, um, just really, really loves music, really lo loves being creative and uh, yeah, and really loves his friends too. You can tell. That's something I really um, appreciated about him. It's just, he's just so positive about that, that community. And yeah, I, I enjoyed chatting with him a lot. Me too. Yeah. One of the warmest people and truly incredible that he agreed to do this interview with us. Um, I, I was surprised. And then it, it really became, I think, during this pandemic, like the only thing I wanted to talk about because everything else was a bummer. So I was just telling like I was just stopping people on the street, just being like, I started a Sufjan Steven podcast and I got John Ringhofer to come on it. Like, I was just wanting to tell everybody. I was so excited. Yeah. And my father-in-law was so excited that I got somebody on for my blog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my friends were all really excited too. Um, a lot of us had kind of had grown up like, because the Sufjan thing happened um, you know, like in the early 2000s, uh, you know, Michigan, Seven Swans, Illinois, those were all like kind of really pivotal records for a lot of people in my friend group. So we, we followed like, we kind of followed like all the asthmatic kitty bands. Yeah. It had this, I, it's so funny. I don't know. I actually don't know what it was that we connected with it. Like it, so much, like it was like, uh, so silly kind of. Like the community yeah. was so silly and their their yeah. stuff was all kind of like zany and stuff. But for some reason, yeah. it was just like the right thing at the right time for like a bunch of 20s, early 20s. Well, I, I think you said it briefly in the interview that we're about to air. <laughs> um, but we, you know, we're about a decade younger than Sufjan. And I actually don't know how old John is, but if Sufjan's the same age as John. And it's almost as if, we were looking at the asthmatic kitty family as like these young guys and just being like, that's the friend group I would want to be in looking at the pictures of the, of the Sufjan tours yeah. and being like, that's, that's the ideal. And so I think for us to actually talk to John and just be like, you were, you were the, one of the guys that we just thought like was amazing. And, and same for me, I listened to Sufjan and then I looked at asthmatic kitty and and Half-Handed Cloud was like my, you know, my next favorite. Like I listened to him a lot. So it was surreal actually seeing him talking to us. Yeah. Because and it's just weird. I think there should be a disclaimer that we do, we did this on Zoom. We do these podcasts on Zoom. So um, he, uh, John was actually showing us photos from an actual photo album that he had yeah like he had like real photos like film photos developed and put into this kind of like scrapbook photo album um so he was like so there might be some kind of confusing moments where you you he's like talking about images that you can't see um, yeah but yeah he's in those times he's holding up his photo album to the to his camera to show us different photos from touring with Suf Yan. one one was he talks about Sufjan's first big show at Cornerstone and he had a picture of that. He had, 
pictures of the band uh, on tour, like on the beach and pictures of Sufjan, like in a wig. And I think I, what I really loved is it, it seemed like John just wanted to do something special just for you and I. Yeah. Like it was almost like, this is just for you guys. Cause it's an audio medium. And I don't mean to blow this up or make it bigger than it actually is, but to feel like we got to see some things and hear things that aren't Googleable, which is, was really special. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Photos of Sufjan hanging out with Joanna Newsom. Never knew about that. I know Jordan that I was like, Oh my gosh, that's Jordan's other favorite like album growing up was yeah. Joanna Newsom. Yeah. And there's a photo of Sufjan and Joanna Newsom together. Yeah. And they, and then we found out they toured together, which maybe lots of people knew, but we didn't know. Yeah. And so uh, we just want to extend another huge thanks to John Ringhofer, Half-Handed Cloud. And also, please uh, listen to his music. He's an, and he's an incredible artist. He, he designs his album covers, and I'm sure he does a lot of great art. Um, but check out halfhandedcloud.bandcamp.com, both with a hyphen between half-handed and without you get two different uh, projects that he's been working on. And um, he's living in Helsinki. And uh, whatever you can do to support uh, him, please do. He's the nicest guy. And uh, we're bigger fans of his after meeting him just because he was so awesome. So, Jor, without further ado, should we throw it to the interview? Okay, let's, here we go. Throwing to the interview. <laughs> <laughs> Satiated as we held the names of foods inside of our mouths. Super related, that time we skated in the frozen bathtub out behind our house. If we had ice skates, there'd be less traction. We could do them and walk with occasional flailing. Your favorite baby is Blanket Jackson, so why you gotta hang me out over the railing? Where we strung up the Christmas wreath we made from trash we found on the street. All right, welcome everybody to a, a very special episode of That Was the Worst Podcast Ever. We have today with us John Ringhofer of Half Handed Cloud. He's an artist, singer songwriter, musician, former church caretaker. He's lived on multiple continents. Uh, Jordan and I are a huge fan of his music. He also toured with Sufjan for Michigan and Illinois. So we are just beyond excited and privileged to have John Ringhofer on. So let's give him one last woohoo. <laughs> nice. So welcome, John. Thanks so much for being here with us. And you're speaking to us from Finland. I know you've, you've been there for about six years now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I've been here six years. Um, things are... You know, it's a it's a pretty good place. They take good care of their children, and uh, we have four children, and so in some ways, it's a really good fit. Are you right in like kind of like the heart of Helsinki, or are you kind of more like do you live in the city? Yeah, we live in Helsinki on the on the, a neighborhood that's kind of uh, near the like in the woods a little bit. Do you get the Finnish like half-handed cloud fans? Like, do people? be like oh my gosh like half-handed cloud lives in finland 
In Helsinki? Uh, Has that happened to you yet? Well, no, not so much. But I mean, there were a couple. There were a couple people that that knew. And and what was weird is when I when we moved, uh, I discovered their I discovered their amazing library here. They have a, a an incredible library system. They have almost everything you could ever want to check out. Um, and they they actually had a half handed cloud album. They had they had one in their collection, which just blew my mind. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. That's so cool. So yeah, like yeah. So did you uh, check it out and listen to yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I checked it out. <laughs> I'm probably the only person that did it. <laughs> and really loud, were you like, "Hey, wow, this CD's great! You got everybody. You should check it out." <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you know because I know you've you've lived in different continents. I I think I also read you taught the third grade in Micronesia coming out of college i think or during college yeah but um what where do you feel home the most like i know that you're an american like me but i'm similar to you i haven't lived in the states for a while so you know is helsinki feeling like home or is is there another place that is more so uh i think i think i really i loved being in the california bay area in in living in berkeley um that's what i mean that's berkeley oakland that's the that's the area I, that I really miss, uh, and I've I still have good friends there, and we've gone back to America two times since we've lived here, and we, but we've never been able to get back to California. It's just our family's on the East Coast, and it's just like this extra step, and we can we can't afford to ever fly over there, or, or even of course we can't drive either that far. But um, that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's the place I wish we could live. I I don't know, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but. <laughs> Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. And I can I just say I completely agree. California. Jordan, two California boys here. Sorry. You gotta <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, yeah. I agree. There's a, yeah, any I grew up in the in Southern California. So yeah. and to be honest, I think it's pretty different to Berkeley and stuff. Yeah. But I know yeah. uh that's where you you met your wife and you were a, a church caretaker in Berkeley. I, I think that's such a cool detail. So for many years, there was a church that you were looking after, and it sounds like you could use the the church facility to make music in and record and yeah. things like that. Yes, hmm. and it was used by a few different congregations and and also like a um um like an anxiety and depression clinic, and they oh, they wow. had uh, they had counseling downstairs, and so I had to. I mean, there were only certain hours I could I could really do it, but um, um, yeah, it was a it was a good place, um, and the whole place I mean, the whole place was carpeted. It was a big sanctuary, and it was all had this kind of like thick carpet, which made the sound was really nice in there. You could sort of like it. It wasn't too echoey, and it had of course the pews were there, and they were all padded as well, and sort of mm-hmm. broke things up really well. And we should mention that Jordan and I have been following your music probably since, I would say since 2005 and have been huge fans. And I even um, the song, I Got a Letter, that was my MySpace page song. Oh, I got a letter and it killed me. Tablet format, strong and sturdy. Carved a finger into heart and stone. Then I read it and I said it. <laughs> Which, John, I got to be honest, that's quite a privilege that... Uh, Anytime anyone went to my MySpace 
Page, they heard that song for a good couple years. Yeah. So. And it was a very well attended MySpace page. Yeah. <laughs> thanks i feel honored thank you (laughs) um when you were a church caretaker i can my only frame of reference is the church i grew up in but we had a caretaker who had a a keychain that was about this big and it was just full of like hundreds of keys and he just wore it around his pant loop and would kind of walk around the church wow and so my mind immediately thinks that you kind of had that keychain and you were kind of... The other thing about church caretakers is they tend to be um, probably one of the kindest people in a church because they're just there to like serve and, and mm. make sure everything's clean and all that. Like, So how was your time as a church caretaker? Like, Did you really enjoy it? Yeah, I think mostly I enjoyed it. There, there was some some funny things, but, um, like I didn't have a private shower. I had to shower kind of like in the public, um, men's bathroom. So sometimes the men's little, bathroom at the strange. church had showers. Yeah. The men's bathroom and the women's bathroom both had a shower, uh, huh. stall each. Yeah. In case they had, wow. sometimes they would have groups come in and, and do, Oh, um, right. They'd have people living there at different times for, for different mm. things. So, I think it's mm. different there now. I, that's what I heard is that they have the uh, the residence uh, is sort of like behind the baptismal tank, and uh, oh. there's um, there's a shower there n- now somewhere. So that, what's what denomination? It's it's owned by uh, a Seventh Day Adventist oh. church, yeah, and then it rents rents out to uh, different churches on sundays as well i don't mm. know there's been a lot for the sunday ones i don't know mm. exactly did you grow up seventh day adventist no no i started i i kind of i started going getting interested in that like a little bit later i didn't really grow up in church um, oh, okay but uh i mean my mother taught me sunday school songs and those mm. kind of things mm-hmm but um, yeah, like um, I guess my my mom started dating a Seventh Day Adventist, and then we started going to Seventh Day Adventist school, hmm. and those kinds of things. Yeah. But and I read I read that you're a vegetarian. Is that is that some where that started as well? I think it, yeah, I think it it sort of started from there. I noticed that I wasn't, and then I didn't eat so much meat, and then I noticed. Um, wait a second, I haven't eaten any meat for a month. Let's just keep going with that. And I was started like, I was in a, like a traveling summer camp. We would go, we would, there were five of us in a van and we would go to different places and put on summer camp programs for a week in Toronto or uh, Indianapolis or just kind of traveled around. And, um, and then they were all vegetarians. So I just kind of kept going with that. And then I was also a vegetarian at the end, but I don't feel like, oh. I don't feel like vegetarianism is more spiritual or anything like that. It's just like, it's just the way that, you know, yeah. that I, yeah. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, I like to try to be vegetarian and fail. I've done it twice. Now. Ah. <laughs> I just can't seem to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a but like, I don't, I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't really, I think the Seventh-day Adventists have something to offer the Christian community, 
but I don't I don't know if I don't I wouldn't consider myself a Seventh Day Adventist at, at this point. But okay. But um, but there's some good things about it that are, that I think that um, bring value to um, the denomination. But and you know there are other things that I'm that I'm not so wild about. But I don't sure. know. We could talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, have I, a good I remember in, in 1999 to prepare for the Y2K bug. Yeah. Uh, my mom switched us to a vegetarian diet, and we hit wow. up a Seventh Day Adventist like grocery store. Yeah, those are good. Those are so good. They're great. <laughs> yeah. And we just got like these paint buckets full. It was called texturized vegetable protein TVP. Oh no. And, yeah, and so kind of to prepare us for Y2K, my mom would kind of rehydrate these uh, Seventh-day Adventist, like, texturized, kind of flavorless things. But, um, yeah, we were ready for Y2K. and uh, Did they fill the bathtub quite... with water? Say again, George? That was a thing people did, too. Filled the bathtub with water and then, like, packed away a lot of canned goods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was kind of disappointing that nothing happened. Yeah, and what did what did your mom do when the countdown happened and then nothing happened? The lights didn't go out. Well, we we have family in New Zealand, so we had like ah. a good 20, 20 hour notice and nothing was happening in New Zealand, so we just we actually went to like a church party. <laughs> but um that's were, yeah. Were they embarrassed you, though? Cuz I had a neighbor who they were really like kind of that same kind of like christian like you know like kind of evangelical homeschool like and they love the y2k theory right and they were all about it and then i remember the night they were we we actually spent because they were our neighbors and we spent y2k with them and they were so disappointed (laughs) (laughs) i know i was well the bummer was that we were we had all this tvp to to eat for the next couple of years that we <laughs> yeah. just had to eat. Yeah. But uh, but to tie that back in to Half-Handed Cloud, John wrote a Christmas song about Y2K that's really fantastic. Oh. I got your visit for the break. I know I don't have it all together in the parking lot. We taste snowflakes. The bread makers are probably controlling the weather. The shelves deserted and the checkout lines. Ah, I didn't know if you heard that. Okay. There's this guy named um, Jay Tholen who has a video game called Hypnospace Outlaw, and it's a, it's all set uh, it's all set in 1999. It's like it's not like an alternate um, oh, nice. alternate 1999 internet basically. And, um, and he did a cover of that same half-handed cloud song and, and he sings it and it kind of like ends the whole game. Like it sort of ties everything together. I come to visit for the break. I know I don't have it all together. In the parking lot we taste snowflakes. I, I love that so you wrote a song about that time because it was just it just hits that nostalgia, you know, having uh, barrels of water in our backyard and stuff. <laughs> yeah. But John, we'd love to hear just about how you got started. I know that I, you've you've uh, you've told the story many times. I hope you're not 
tired of kind of talking about it, but we, we'd love to hear. I know that uh, you grew up in a military family and, and was born in Hawaii and moved all over the States and then uh, ends up, I want to say in Tennessee, is it, that you kind of end up I kind of, well, we ended up in North Carolina and I, I okay. grew up there and went to college in Tennessee in, in Chattanooga. And uh, when did and I got a a painting degree from the University of Tennessee in Chattanooga. And, oh, cool! And um, hmm. yeah, that was that was good. I, I'm I'm happy with that degree. I I I'm still having a hard time finding a real job though. Did you imagine that music was going to be kind of a career for you, or were you more looking at art and painting and and things? Yeah, I, th- I, I don't, I don't think that I really thought it through very well, but, but, um, I d- didn't think music was going to be my thing. And I thought, I guess I thought it was more going to be, it was going to be studio art and painting and, and I don't really know how it happened. It, I just, I had other bands, um, when I was in, when I was in college with, with my friends different theme bands science fiction band a christmas band a um, <laughs> That's cool. uh, song a band we wrote songs about 80s and 70s tv shows um <laughs> uh, we had bands that were about inside jokes just different different recording projects usually with my friend brandon who's who is um is always on half and cloud albums, mostly playing drums, but other things too. And, um, and we shared, he and I shared a painting studio together and that's how we became friends and we knew each other in art school. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, and then, you know, this whole, this whole time I'm doing these other, these other projects. And then I, I always wondered, you know, what about, um, singing about, my faith and about God and you know those things were even more important to me than than uh, Star Wars or He Man and uh, just slightly probably yeah <laughs> you know uh, so and so I came I had the name first this this name Half Handed Cloud and then um, I had that for a while and then I started writing. The, the science fiction band was uh, called Wookieback. And um, nice. so I started writing some Wookieback songs and, real, and realized this theme. And, and it, was almost like, it was almost like God was writing himself into these science fiction songs. And I decided, well, this could just be, this could be these could be half-handed cloud songs. So I just kind of set those aside. And that's, what, that's how the first album came about. It was sort of my my solo project. Um, wow. And then it just kept going from there. I, it seemed mm-hmm. like it worked out. In, yeah. So know, in a way. was it your, so you recorded your first album and then um, it was featured on this website in 2000 by another songwriter. Was that, in a way, was that kind of like a big break for you? Was that like a huge thing? Like, oh my gosh, I'm on this website or this compilation? Yeah, I mean it was neat because uh they just somebody 
somebody outside of my circle thought it w- thought it was fun, and so that w- that was really that was super neat. Um, but it, I it wasn't a huge um, website or anything like that. Um, I just had sent. I knew about this guy Jay Agnish. He was he's the songwriter. I knew about him because he had a zine called Flag Girl, and it was a it was a physical zine, and um, I had. Uh, my band Wookie Back had played with Danielson and the music tapes at uh, a concert in Chattanooga. And, um, and after Danielson played, um, we, um, we were asking, is there, we have these albums, we already have your albums. Do you, do you have anything else? This is, uh, this is 1999. Um, and he said, I don't know, go, once you would, he got his brother or something to go and check the van, and they had a, this zine, Fly Girl, and it had uh, songs from, it had a song from Soul Junk on there, and Danielson, and uh, Lou Barlow, the the uh, the main he was he used to be in Dinosaur Junior. I think he is again. Um, but oh, he cool. Was, he was in. Um, he has a, his main thing is a band called Sebado, and Centerdo, um, and so like. It was kind of a cool, cool little, um, little compilation. So that's how I knew about him. And Jay had one of his own songs on there. Oh, also Bonnie Prince Billy was on there. Um, oh wow! So, uh, cool. so that was interesting. And then I sent it. I ended up staying in touch with him and sent him the first album. And um, and then that's how I found out about Sufjan too. Was that that same that same website? So this is 2000. And yeah. Was it mostly faith-based artists? Um Fly Girl, I don't know. It was I mean, he was Jay is a a believer, but he didn't he had he just liked indie rock and so they had these other bands and Yeah, I mean, hmm. so there, there's some some it's kind of a mixture of both, which Yeah. That that was appealing to me. And yeah. um and yeah, so he he launched a website, and the very first thing he's he's featured two songs, and one is Half Handed Cloud, and the other is Sufjan Stevens, and who who I hadn't heard of, um, and he had a song called All Delighted People, which um, is not the one that ended up on the EP that came out in two thousand seven, something like that. But uh, this is an earlier one that sounds like Enjoy Your Rabbit. A little bit when hmm. he's singing on it. Cool. Did yeah, you he... think that his name was pronounced Sufjan at first? <laughs> That's a good. Qu- I don't know. Good question, Joy. I didn't. I don't think I ever said it out loud. I just was. Okay. I just was reading it. You're like that guy. I didn't. I didn't know if I really liked it. That. Huh. At least that that first one. But yeah. later, but later, Sufjan put out. Um, no, no. Later, Jay put out a, another compilation called Eight Point Two One. With some of the same people on it, and Sufjan had some songs on there, including uh, an early version of a song from "Enjoy Your Rabbit." But he has two kind of like folky Bible songs on there. One called uh, I think "Woman at the Well," and another one called um, I don't remember. But both of those were just so good. And I thought, "Whoa, what is this? This is so much. I love this." And mm. And I, his email was there, and I just wrote him, 
And then we were like pen pals for a while and we traded first albums and, and then, um, this is like maybe September of 2000. Right. Wow. Wow. And was he, was he in, was he going to hope at that time? No, he, I think he'd graduated and been out for a while by then he was in, um, I mean, he made, he made, uh, a son came a year before that and then he was maybe in grad school, but maybe out of grad school. Is he, actually, I don't know if he was going to graduate school. Whatever the the writing workshop that he went to, uh, in in New York, and he had a job as a graphic designer. Huh. Oh wow! For children's so, books. So at this point, um, are you thinking, okay, well, Half Handed Cloud is going to kind of I'm going to pursue this project and. You know, at that point where you're just kind of like, okay, I'll, I'll keep doing this music and we'll see where this goes. And and you get connected with Daniel Smith and uh, his family. I remember wa- watching that documentary that came out about Daniel's family. I, yeah. I actually emailed you after I watched it about you know, oh, yeah. like seven or eight years ago. Uh, I mentioned it on a previous podcast. It was slightly embarrassing. Yeah, but. how can I clear my name? <laughs> 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 well, I, I asked you a few questions, and of course, the infamous one was, I think I just said, you have such a beautiful faith. How do you do that? And I just, in <laughs> retrospect, realized that's just not a question anyone can answer. <laughs> so, I, thought, actually, so, I, I thought it was about joy, or I looked I looked it up. I still have it. Um, oh, I, really? Yeah. And uh, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could find it, but I, I think, as far as I know, I think it says something about how do you, how do you find so much joy um and or how was or how much joy comes across and and i felt you know like this probably was i think this was maybe late 2006 yeah and and but i didn't you know i guess i don't i don't really feel like i'd have like tons of joy or anything so it it felt like a strange question i felt right i didn't really understand i but even though i see that sometimes in uh in press like saying like there's something about ha- happiness in the in the music and and that's nice but I'd, i that's not why i make it like i feel like it just it's just um a byproduct of the, of the melodies maybe yeah because um, huh. you know what's interesting is i actually saw you play at in vancouver at uh richards on richards on, and the the illinois uh, yeah. tour um and uh, I remember actually thinking, or even saying to my friends, like, that trombone player ha- is very joyful. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, you were I definitely all, was. You were all that. smiles. I, I was yeah. totally in there. I probably had, like, I probably had these things there. These, like, yeah, yeah. Little, oh, wow. I have my. my okay, Illinois for our pendants. listeners, John is lifting up the, the uh, pendant, the Illinois. What are they called? Pendants, yeah. Yeah. And oh. that was from the Illinois Makers tour with Sufjan. Yeah. And I. Th- I even have this thing too, this little Illinois flag. Wow! Although it's all oh, rusted wow. now, I don't know if you can see. Uh, and uh, I told you I was going to do some a little bit of show and tell. So yeah. so cool. Uh, somebody so in cool. in Illinois made this for me. Um, I think his name was Matt, and he and um, and gave it to me, and so I I just always would put it in um, like on my trombone stand. Right. Oh, I, I had tons of fun playing in in his bands. Yeah, were you? I, Jordan mentioned on a previous episode of our podcast that in 
Vancouver, there was a special Canadian rendition of, because you guys would do the 50 States song. Yeah. And there was this, do you, were you in the band when they would do the special Canadian provinces? And Jordan, of course, loves to point out that none of it. Uh, no, got no. What missed. happened was that they did this whole thing and Sufian had prepared it. And then they, at the end of it, it was done and, and he hadn't said none of it, which is kind of, it's, it's weird because Canada has provinces and territories and mm. none of it is a territory uh. anyway. And, he, someone yelled none of it and Sufyan got really I could tell he was really embarrassed that he uh, hadn't done it right like he hadn't said the right all the right names I think I was there yeah I think this is this if it's 2005 then I, I would have been in that band yeah that's what that's what it would have been yeah. yeah that's cool so going back to what you were saying is I think I've noticed you know and, and I even did it in my email which is I think people really <laughs> Uh, really grab on to your, I think people have probably described you as, as like your childlike faith or this kind of exuberant music that, you know, no song tends to go too long. And, and so I wonder, do you feel slightly misunderstood by those, <laughs> those assumptions? Because uh, for one, they're very rich theologically. It seems like you're thinking through things very deeply do you feel a little bit misunderstood when people kind of throw that at you, like I did in my email? <laughs> um, I mean, I there's there's a whole range of of emotions in Half Handed Cloud songs. I I feel you know like, um, I mean, there's a song song about like, what am I going to do? I sacrificed my kids to the demon, kind of thing. You know, there's yeah. like the darkest stuff. You, I there's another one that's like. Uh, I ate my son. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. so it's kind of the, the, I think it can go, it can go to all sorts of um, places because, and I think, the, you know, the, it's based on the Bible. A lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the scripture songs um, can be, can be dark, can be happy, can be doubting. And it depends what the, mm. I think it depends on the, on the the theme of the record and the different things uh, that I would be exploring at the time and and mm. um, I yeah I don't I don't think it's just joy <laughs> I guess that's yeah. what I'm saying yeah yeah but I can definitely say you've been consistent in kindness you've <laughs> written me back a hundred percent of the time when I've written you okay and. <laughs> And it, so, yeah, I could say maybe now looking back, there there's a there's something very genuine and kind about you. Um, but uh, I also understand that you're much more complex than I, and your music is more complex than I think a lot of people have given. Like, yeah. Anyway, well, I, I think too because musically, your music really defies genre. Like, it's hard to to put in a genre, and it's very unique and and. Uh, and creative and I, I think as humans we just like to put it in certain categories you know mm -hmm. yeah I it's I I just see yeah sometimes I'll see things like people will I mean people can write whatever they want it's fine I don't I'm I'm grateful just to have anybody like 
give me any any time and and look at my my work and take it seriously and sometimes i see things that are a little bit lazy just like they'll say that i have adhd or they'll say um that this sounds this album sounds um just like the last one and i'm just surprised by those things because i feel like they're they're all pretty different but mm. it's okay <laughs> mm. i i that's so hard about what's so hard about being an artist and actually jordan and i were talking about that right before the call is you you create art and then you have to put it out there and then you have to deal with all those misunderstandings and yeah and comments and it's also i just think for some reason music is just so much lives so much more deeply in like the world of perspective you know like i like exactly what you're saying like i like i'm working on a record right now and i i'm like oh to, this is maybe this is completely terrible like maybe this is maybe i'm destroying my whole body of work by this one <laughs> by uh, this one endeavor i know this i know and this then, feeling yes and then somebody comes along and it's like listens to it and they're like this is the best thing you've ever done and i'm like yeah it is and my mind is like completely changed you know yeah like it's it's so funny how it's so it's so unquantifiable it's so impossible to say like which is it, more and more it just bothers me when people kind of talk about like oh you know the the quality of art or something i just yeah. like i have no idea how people quantify that yeah i i always worry if i'm that i'm sabotaging myself by taking risks about you know like i don't <laughs> yeah like, totally is, how does this translate it all to to anybody yeah totally so going back to your story john uh, so you start uh, just in your musical career you're featured on this website you're getting put on compilations you then you get in the circles of daniel and his family and then sufyan's in there as well tell us about how that kind of then becomes you're part of sufyan's touring band for michigan and illinois and you're also uh, recording your own albums with Lowell Brams and Sufjan on Asthmatic Kitty, and just how does how did that all start to develop? Uh, so, I got yeah, I got um, let's see, I I sent the album, the first half Andy Cloud album, Learning About Your Scale. I sent it to. Um, I traded with Sufjan, but at the same time, I was sending it to Daniel from Danielson and uh, at one point uh, he called um, and left a message on the phone and um, gave me his his number and said he liked it and he wanted to talk and um, I think eventually Asthmatic Kitty wanted to wanted to put it out but they didn't have distribution and so Daniel uh, offered distribution through his record label um, sounds familiar so then it got it got around you could get it at a record store and that was cool I think um, and then yeah we all I'm I mean I met them like um, I was on tour with Jay Agnish the songwriter who had that uh, fly girl web and we went uh, to Virginia and we had a day off on our tour and we went and we saw Danielson playing a show in Charlottesville, Virginia and Sufjan was playing in that band. And um, 
and which was so fun to see to finally meet him. I think this was maybe early March, 2001. And, um, and then we, um, we're just, we just were hanging out a little bit at the show. We almost got run over by a train and <laughs> we, uh, and then they were going to play in New York the next night. And we went up there for that. And then there was, I think they had also, uh, Sufjan or Jay had set up a show in, uh, in New York at, uh, an apartment. Um, and Daniel and his wife and their, their baby girl at the time, uh, came to that. And some other people, maybe from like, I don't know, Sufjan's roommates or his, his Bible study or these, the, uh, friends that he had. And, and, um, and that was the first show I played in New York and, and Jay was playing as well. And then, and then after that, I think is when they were like, okay, we want to put out your record. And then, um, and it was the first, uh, first CD after Sufjan on Asthmatic Kitty, even though I, th I didn't know that at the time. I, somehow I thought I'd already heard of Asthmatic Kitty before, but I don't think it was true. It just, the only thing that came out was the sun came. And, um, so it was the sun came and then it was half-handed cloud. Those were the two releases on Asthmatic Kitty. Yeah. And they were working wow. on a compilation they were trying to put together. And there was a, a band that uh, Lowell Brams had, had been in with um, Matt Morgan, who uh, who's the guy who sings um, on Jacksonville. Yeah, remember and, we we yeah. were speculating hard on our Illinois episode of who sang that song. And I came up with the name, but I couldn't find any other information on him. He was a roommate. He was a roommate of, of Sufjan's. Um, Sufjan lived in, uh, he slept on the floor of a closet for many years, I think. And, um, he, um, he, yeah, he was, he was living there and Matt was one of the people that lived there. And Matt had been in a band with, with Lowell and some other people. And they have a song that band is called, I think it's like something like con, con los, los dudes, something like that. <laughs> and, um, and so, that's on the first Asthmatic Kitty compilation called To Spirit Back the Muse, M-E-W-S. And, um, and they, uh, I can't remember what I was going to be saying about this, but well, they, they were putting together this compilation and I, they had me do a couple songs for that. Um, and, uh, I don't know exactly what I was going to say, but, but, uh, another thing that Matt, Matt did was he did the artwork for um, Enjoy Your Rabbit. He did all that. Oh, all wow. That silhouette oh, art, cool. artwork, which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about our, our choice to not cover <laughs> Enjoy Your Rabbit? We hear that the most from people that, of what a mistake that was. <laughs> I, uh, there's something interesting about that album. It, you could, yeah, you could do it though. Maybe you said this before. You could do it with the, the, um the string quartet version of it and just combine them oh yeah yeah that would be cool and and so just returning to kind of the timeline um so you kind of become one of the first artists on asthmatic kitty and from you know from a fan's perspective like for me asthmatic kitty just felt like this 
family, and you had the Danielson family, you have Half-Handed Cloud, and then, you know, the other artists. And then what it looks like is you all start to tour together and and become musicians in for the, Michi- uh, the Michigan Militia mm-hmm. and Illinois Makers. Um, is that accurate as a fan to just be like, oh, you're part of the, you know, the Asthmatic Kitty family. Let's all go on tour. We'll be Sufjan's band, you know? So, yeah, something like that. I mean, he, it took a little while. They, uh, there was a, this festival in Illinois called Cornerstone. Yeah. That, oh, uh, the huge, yeah. That huge we all, we, Christian music we all, festival. Uh, played at. Sufjan played there in the summer of 2001. And Half a Cloud played this this there was another guy named the singing mechanic who played um uh he was also on sounds familiar great a great kind of piano record and um uh and he had he had like the bass player from unwed sailor playing bass for his his band and they were they were kind of huge in that in that uh he was also in roadside monument which isn't maybe like a tooth and nail band um but uh there was like a he played right before, sorry, he, he played right before Half Handed Cloud and there were just like tons of people and I was like, oh man, like 500 people are going to watch Half Handed Cloud and as soon as he stopped, they all went away. <laughs> yeah. There was, like, just, oh, no. there was just 30 people left and I was like, oh no, like what happened? But I still get emails from people that say, I was there. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, and so, and some of those people are my friends now, like real good friends and, uh, and then, like, the next night or so, Sufjan played, and he he played um, some stage where there were just like there were just like round tables set up, and like like kind of like older people sitting down, and like there was I think there was less than thirty people, and it, it was him on like guitar and banjo, and he and they this whole band had uh, Burger King uh, hats turned inside out. And uh, he had Daniel Smith from Danielson playing bass, and and one of Daniel's brothers, Andrew, playing drums, and Glenn from Soul Junk playing guitar, and they were all wearing these crowns. And it was, I don't, I don't know if I don't remember the songs that he played. I didn't recognize anything at the time, but it could have been things that ended up on Seven Swans or I don't know exactly. But he didn't play anything yeah. I recognized at all. And um, wow. And it was a good show, but nobody saw it. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, crazy in it, retrospect, hey? Did it feel like there was kind of this, like, you know, like this family, like Justin was saying, like this kind of like collective of pals who, or was it more kind of like um, once in a while you would see each other when you played a festival or something? The, or were were no, these kind of all your best friends that you always, that you spent most of your time with? Yeah, I th- there was something about it, like as as a family for sure. And you know, they they had a festival after um, after nine eleven. Um, they Asthmatic Kitty wanted to do a, a festival in New York to raise money for um, victims. And so this is December of two thousand one, and most of the people were based in New York at the time, and. And they um, they got Liz Janes to come. I guess maybe she was living in California by then. She's an, she's another person that was an Illinois maker, but also had records on Asthmatic Kitty. And um, 
And her husband also helped run Asthmatic Kitty, Michael Kaufman, who was, her husband was in Soul Junk at the time. So there's, mm. so there's also, there's kind of like all of us were there and, and, um, it was a nice, yeah, like a nice summit. And also, um, this band, uh, Royal City was there. Do you guys know this? It's a Canadian band, Royal City. Jim Guthrie was in the band. No, no. I don't think so. Um, and uh, Sufjan produced some of their recordings a little bit. Um, huh. You guys, you guys would really like some Jim Guthrie albums, I think. Um, cool. Oh, from Guelph. Yeah. Nice. But they... Uh, um, Owen Pallet was in it. Okay. He's he's uh he was the violin player in the Arcade Fire and now he has he's a very famous Canadian okay. indie musician. Oh, okay, yeah. here's here's pictures from from Sufjan playing. I have my photo album. If this you want to see so this great. picture of Sufjan playing uh at Cornerstone with there's no I mean it doesn't show a crowd or anything, but there's them on stage. Wow. I don't know if you can see somewhere over here. <laughs> wow. Uh would that be like one of the first big shows that you guys played together or that Sufjan played or both? Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, it was at a festival, so anybody could come to it. Mm-hmm. Danielson played, and there there was a huge amount of people playing, I mean, uh, coming to see it. And he played mm-hmm. in their band at the time. Um, when, so I guess when Michigan happened, that was kind of when Sufjan really started something started kind of taking off for him. Did, yeah, did, for were, sure. you, were you guys kind of aware of that at the time? Like, Oh wow, this is here. Yeah. This is, this is like a group portrait of, of people on. Oh, cool. Sounds familiar <laughs> so cool. and asthmatic kitty here. Wow. I think, uh, Sonny from, um, who made the Danielson family movie. He, he used that, um, somewhere in the movie, maybe on, on a menu or oh, something. Cool. Um, did Annie Clark yeah, so, play in the band too? I'm sorry, what? Did Annie Clark play in the band too for a while? From oh, St. Vincent? Not in not in the Illinois Makers. She played oh, okay. uh, in the Butterfly band that went on tour for the Avalanche. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, Michigan, yes. Yeah, I think I saw... Well, I saw that there was like... Um, a good review on Pitchfork, and and that w- it was it was big then, um, and so that that was cool. And then he played CMJ Festival with mm-hmm. the with the Michigan Militia. I was not I was not part of that um, um, because he just had people from New York at the time. But they I think they gave like a really fun performance, and there was a there was a review of that that uh, Michigan militia show at CMJ. I don't know if it was on pitchfork. It was somewhere. And uh, it was like, they, they loved it. And then, and then pitchfork decided to run the, the Michigan review again, like months later, which huh. I, I've never seen that before. <laughs> yeah. And they, and then just to kind of like draw attention to it, maybe, maybe Elliot Smith had died between those two or something. And they were like making comparisons um between the two of them and uh and so something like that um yeah and then all of a sudden he was yeah he was like 
touring a little bit more. And I mean, his his first tour in Europe was with was opening for Soul Junk, and he would just um, just go around in a duffel bag and try to sell "Enjoy Your Rabbit" and say, um, "This music I'm playing tonight is not available yet, but here it is." You know, <laughs> <laughs> nice. and he would yeah. And then, uh, but things started taking off. He started like, I think he was touring with somebody and then, and then the buddy, um, that he was touring with said, uh, maybe you shouldn't, maybe I, maybe you shouldn't open for, up for me, but I should open up for you now. So they traded places and then people, wow. because people, more people were coming to see him play. And, wow. uh, so that was yeah, was that, that was weird? Cool. Was, was that cool. weird for you and for the uh, the rest of the kind of collective to be kind of like, I don't know. I guess that that was one thing actually about the documentary that I thought was interesting. Like, and I didn't, I didn't, I I wondered when I watched it, like, what does this kind of community actually think about the way this is portrayed? You know, like, was it a little bit like, because um, I think in the in the documentary, they anyway they they make it seem like um, like Daniel kind of feels a little bit like left in the dust or something <laughs> but and but i wondered like i i because i kind of assumed that everyone was like really excited and and happy about it so I, yeah i guess i just wondered what what your perspective of that oh was. i mean yeah we were definitely excited and happy about it i don't i don't know i don't know exactly uh what daniel was thinking about it. i mean there's something the way it's portrayed in the movie i mean just you know maybe maybe that's important for me for movie making is to, to add a little bit of attention and things, but, but, uh, yeah, it seems, it seems like it's making the, like it's, um, I mean, Daniel has some incredible ideas and, and, uh, Sufjan thinks so too. And, uh, and so, but it, it almost seems like a lot of the things that they're saying about Sufjan at one point are, are things that they had just been saying about Daniel, uh, a half hour before, <laughs> right? And, yeah, uh, and so it's it's like, oh wow, you know these these it's the exact same thing, and and but like all of a sudden, uh, it's Sufjan that's getting the credit for it, kind of thing. And you know, I mean, da Sufjan is a huge Danielson fan still. Like, like he, um, he Daniel has yeah, Daniel has great ideas, and and um, he's been doing. He's do, been doing a lot of interesting things for a long time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what, what Daniel thought about that exactly, but, but I yeah. think in, in general, I, I think we were all really, really excited for Sufjan. Yeah. You could, I mean, by that point, um, uh, Michigan was being, um, distributed, distributed and, and it had a co-release with Sounds Familiar for, for that first, that was his first release, and you could go to other music, and and buy a a, a Sufjan album, which you could never do before, because it wasn't it wasn't distri distributed. So, and mm. that was that was a big deal to Sufjan. He was like, I can't get my albums at other music, but yours are there, John. It's so weird, like this kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. then all of a sudden he was like, okay, ah, finally. <laughs> huh. So when you look back at the those big two big tours for Michigan and Illinois, do you think really fondly of of those tours? Like, were, was it super fun? I I heard in a previous um, interview you you mentioned you know you're playing the trombone 
Um, you're a trombone player, but m- might not be your most confident, you know, place to be. And and then at night, you mentioned this in a previous interview that you you were more content just to go home and read, you know, and <laughs> and, and maybe fulfilled the role of the more a quiet uh, part of the band. But yeah, when you look back at that time, what what feelings come come to you? Oh, uh, it was it was super great. Yeah, I was. I mean, I. I'm definitely. I don't really feel like I'm. I'm a musician at all. But, I mean, I. I like to just kind of work on on songs until I, until I can get them where, I like them. But I'm not. I'm not a very confident player. And, um, the the main reason, I I was in Sufjan's band is because I was the only trombone player he knew. I think that's that's really the reason. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> at one point, um, when he started, well. I mean, I did, I did, so I did only, I only did Michigan really on the West Coast. There were six sh- shows. We did a tour with Joanna Newsom and we played um, just up and down the coast. And, and then there was one time, a couple times when I played, like, I went to Chicago to see my father and, uh, and I played in, in Sufjan's band. I timed it so I could play at the same time uh, on a different Michigan tour. And, um, and then uh, another time we played a festival, All Tomorrow's Parties in Los Angeles. And uh, so, um, and there were a couple things where I, I would also play like with these, uh, with these swan feathers on my shoulders because we did, sw- Seven Swans came out. So then we were, we were doing like swan songs too. But, uh, but later, and then I'd, and then I got to do the the Michigan tour with them, and we we did that was pretty much the same band for the whole time, um, and wow. we we went around the states and we came to Europe and um, and then later, uh, Sufjan started working with like a real trombonist or just people in his town because he he couldn't really afford to like fly me, I mean maybe he could but but it just seemed ridiculous to like just fly me someplace and then we'd practice for a week and then and then we'd go out on tour like it'd just be better if he had somebody in his own in New York that he could work with. And he found real Trump, like a real trombonist to play with him. And he was, he was like, <laughs> um, he'd written these parts for, for, for a trombonist to play. And he was like, uh, the trombonist said, you know, I can play like a little higher. Like I don't really have to play like these really low notes. And <laughs> Sufjan, because of the way that I played, he th- he thought you could only just play like these certain notes, <laughs> like 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 really basic kind of stuff. Like it's oh, it's so hard to like move the slide like real fast. So that's funny. Every you know everything I did f- was like really dumbed down for <laughs> for huh. Illinois speakers, I think. But um, right, it was huh. it was super fun to be part of it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's and so funny because when you tell that story, sorry, Jor. No, no. This same thing happened to me in Jordan's band. It's it's a, what? a parallel. I used to be Jordan's drummer. No way. But I yeah, but I wasn't that great of a drummer. And and the parts were real simple when I was playing. Like sometimes I just tap on a beer bottle and like hit a kick drum. Wow. Anyway, but but um yeah, once Jordan kind of moved to Vancouver, um he got set up with Simon who's just and then I just thought, yeah, that's a better fit. That like <laughs> 
that works better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's still a video I, yeah. on the internet of Justin playing. Actually, he he had this. Remember, you had a drum that you like hung around. You you had like a rack tom that you like hung around your neck. Yes. And you wow. Just, dong dong dong. Well. Yeah. But unlike you, John, I'm not that great of a musician. Like you, in your own right, I think you're selling yourself really short because <laughs> you're, a, you're, you know, you make your own music. You're a musician. In Jordan's band, I really felt like an imposter, and and w- w- you know, we would play. At one point, we played a big festival, wow. and um, I, I think I let the the fame go to my head because I had a drum under my arm, and I walked to the front of the stage like I was David Lee Roth or something. <laughs> And this guy in the audience just looked at me and like shook his head. Oh, <laughs> and then no. I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go back behind Jordan now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, yeah. But, but in the same way, I look back at touring with Jordan as some of the best memories of my life. Like it was just so, so fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 um, I think there was kind of a charm to that, to the Illinois makers, like, kind of there were definitely like people that that could really play like um but there were i mean mostly me but maybe a couple other people where where we didn't you know we weren't um we didn't have a lot of of great technique i guess um right and um and but i i think in some ways we made up for it just with enthusiasm and yeah um and it was yeah it was super fun i i have had people say Oh, I actually preferred that version of the band, um, which which was a nice compliment. But I I think it's you know it's not the, really the it's <laughs> the next band he got was the band with the uh, the butterfly wings and they did they did a tour for um, for the for the avalanche and my goodness that was an incredible band like he could he could just do anything he wanted then and I yeah I, I was so excited by that like. No hard yeah. feelings at all. Like I, I just thought that was incredible. What was the culture like um, on the road? Like wh- in the band, was it? Um, I, I, I've wondered about this. Like, well, first of all, I guess there's two questions. One was from Michigan to Illinois. Did you see like, oh, like the Illinois tour? Like we're staying in hotel rooms, whereas the Michigan tour we were like sleeping on floors. Or was it? Uh, yeah like did you was it a big change from record to record because illinois was really his i mean some people have called it like the indie record of the decade you Mm -hmm. know um yeah so did you notice a a shift there yeah i think more people started coming for sure and um we had we had six of us banned for the michigan tour and um and we all we all fit in one van and I think we had we had two vans for the next tour, and we just um, you could yeah you could see you know, the more people coming and and when we mm-hmm. went to Europe, it was my first time in Europe was was on that Illinois tour in in two thousand five, and we traveled in one of these buses that you can sleep in and and wow yeah it I mean th- that just was incredible at the time and. Um, um, well, it's the only time I've ever done anything like that, but, but I, he must, he must do that all the time now, but it, it was, yeah, it was great that you could just, you could just, uh, wake up at your destination and do a lot of sightseeing. And somebody gave us, um, a, um, one of these sightseeing books and we, we would just hit the town. We would just, we'd go look at everything. 
We'd find yeah. We'd find the Mark Chagall stained glass. We'd find uh, you know, the special fountain or something. Yeah, that is the best thing about touring in Europe is that the drives are so short that mm. you can just like the Canada is the worst place to tour because the the drives <laughs> are like ten hours sometimes sometimes more, and so you're just like driving all day, get to the venue, set up, play. But in in Europe, it's like you get some time to go and dink around for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and you know there was there was uh, a couple places where he was not as well known like maybe Switzerland. And so you could tell you could tell that he wasn't as well known. And so like on that there's at least yeah this one show where where he didn't stay I th I think we would all kind of pack up our own our own gear and everything. Uh but he would sort of stay back because it just was it was a little for good reason because you know people were just like kind of um, just wanting to talk to him the whole time, and I think it took it took its toll. So he mm -hmm. he would all, he would just stay back behind uh, in the green room or whatever it was. But for this so, this show in Switzerland, he, he came out and took down the gear with us, and nobody bothered him at all. And it was I think he felt really <laughs> cool about that. Like wow, yeah, that was probably the last wow. time he could ever do. I mean, this you is know, cool because be really... I can just show you things, and then you, you don't. Uh, Nobody sees them, but you can just describe like this is on the, yeah. the first Michigan tour in, in, um, I don't, in, that would be in, in California. So on the West coast. Oh, so and, cool. Oh, and here, this picture here, this might be something that somebody saw before. <laughs> I've never seen that before. Is that a band photo? Yeah. Sort of a band photo on the beach. Liz James a... took it with, uh, with my camera and. And then, Den yeah, Dennison Whitmer was playing bass in that band. Oh, yeah. And um, let's see. Uh, this is a fun one here. So, Joanna Newsom, she's on the cover of uh, All Delighted People. You have to find her. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's, really? She's like my one of my favorite artists of all time. I love her. Yeah, song. yeah. that's a big one for Jordan. I, lo I yeah. love especially that first album. Yeah. Um. And that's what she was touring at the time. I didn't wow. actually realize that Sufjan toured with Joanna Newsom yeah. ever. That's pretty cool. Oh, I would love to have seen. What that. a tour. She's fun, yeah. yeah. You know, we're this, we're this like Sufjan Stevens podcast and we're just like these kind of nerds. Maybe like kind of like, you know, maybe like 10 years younger. So kind of like all, grew up like looking up to Sufjan. Um, I guess a question I have, and if you don't want to answer it, it's totally fine. But just... I guess I'm, I'm just curious, like, I think there's a bit of, like, an enigma around his personality and, and who, who, like, who he is, because he is kind of, kind of very private. I guess I was just wondering, like, how would you describe Sufyan as, as a person, as a friend? Is he, is he, um, yeah, how would you describe his personality? <laughs> What's Sufyan really like? Yeah, I guess that's kind of what it, I mean. Again, this is, I feel like a cheese ball asking this. I'm like a 35 year old man asking, but yeah, he's he's super generous, and um, and he sort of he goes out of his way to to help you. Um, he's also he's also really sarcastic, uh, and um, and. He, I mean, he chooses his words carefully. He, um, 
he has a lot of interests. I think I think at one point he even after um even after Illinois he he really he seriously considered um stopping music and just being a writer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I think he he wrestles with things sometimes and like any of us mm. and um Mm-hmm. But hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, he doesn't normally seem sad. Uh, I think you know a lot of those. Um, yeah, I mean, I know he has a lot of songs that that are are sad, but he's he's a pretty funny guy. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Justin said that you had like kind of kept a list, a little bit of a list of the, some of the things we'd gotten wrong <laughs> oh. <laughs> talking about it. Okay. I was really looking forward to this because, yeah. of course, John, I just want you to know, Jordan and I recorded a lot of episodes not even thinking anyone would hear them. Uh-huh. Um, so now that we're at the point, you know, talking to you and, and all of our speculations are out there and, and you've listened to them. We would love for you to just set the record straight. Where were Jordan and I just so wrong? It it made you shake your head and just go, man, you guys have no idea. Uh, I mean, the only, I think there may have been some little things, but the the only two things that I, I think there were only two things. And so um, I guess I thought that you guys were saying that the BQE was something he sort of made on his own to, to follow up Illinois. Um, mm, yeah, but, but it was a it was a commission. It was commissioned by the oh. Oakland Academy of Music, so I think they huh. you know they must have offered him this com- this commission to to make something for uh, their twenty fifth anniversary festival, and uh, oh, okay. and so his I think the main thing about the BQE is the film. He he likes he likes making films, so he he was making this sixteen millimeter film. And the the music is just a soundtrack to the film, and um, if you see the movie, it has a it have a it has a bonus song on it where, where he's singing. There's like some extra. Oh wow! Oh, interesting. Because Jordan and I speculated, we created this whole narrative that it's Sufjan going his own way and you know like not doing the follow up record everybody wanted him to do. So you're just basically saying it's not as complicated as that he was commissioned to do it and it was more like fun for him to make a film <laughs> yeah i think that's what that's what he wanted to do and he you know just this other i've i mean it probably was a great honor for him to be offered a commission and 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 to have this this budget and he could you know hire people to, to be in his film and and uh and then to do a stage show with the, the hula hoopers and and um yeah, anything he wanted, you know, and I, I think that's he just probably went with it. The other, uh, that was the main thing. I mean, the other thing was just that I wanted to say that when, when um, the first time Hafan Cloud and Sufjan toured together, we did a, a small, uh, a small tour, where we played uh, maybe three or four shows in uh, in late two thousand one, um, and we went we went up to Boston. And um, and when I looked on the merch table, he had the first Christmas EP on the on the table there. He was it wasn't just for his friends. He was he was actually selling it at the show. And so 
I bought I bought one from him there. And um Oh wow. So you still have it? Yeah, actually I meant to I don't have it with me, but I have all these I have all the EPs, uh the little CDRs that he sent out and I I could show you, but uh, there was just this lore around it that it was like Christmas gifts for friends, and that's all it really was. You know, it became. I mean, um, maybe it did. Maybe it was that uh, at the beginning. I I didn't I didn't get the first one. I was on the list for the for the next ones um, after that. But um, when yeah, when we went to uh, we went to see him play on the Christmas tour. Did did either you guys see the Christmas tour that he did? No, I don't think I've so. I've actually never got to see was, a live show. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. It was fantastic. It was really, really fun. And he, he, uh, he, the box set for that is exquisite. Like the, like, I don't know if you've, uh, you've ever seen the, uh, it's volume six through 10. It has, uh, like a, a, a snowflake pattern in there and, um, large books and a coloring book with like, like, uh, Father Christmas as a chainsaw murderer, <laughs> nice. um, things like that. Yeah, it's it's so worth fun. trying to find hmm. sometime. Could you could you answer this question for us? The other kind of narrative, and this is so fun because we're just honestly, Jordan and I are just like he said, just two fans making up dumb little theories, you know. But um, we just felt like. Sufjan probably was going to be a writer and and similarly to you you know was the music becoming just a full-time musician was, was it kind of a surprise oh wow look at this okay John's showing us photos of, of the, the Illinois makers, makers. <laughs> oh cool John these f- photo books are so look, cool look at Sufjan's wig like it's just so fun Sufjan in a wig with the the, with Elvis the Illinois makers uniform <laughs> uh so, oh, actually, I started getting onto this and didn't uh, and didn't quite hear your your question. You said, "Oh yeah, that's fine." Said, uh, we our our theory was that that Sufjan was going to be a writer. Oh yeah, and that music was more like fun and yes. wasn't necessarily going to be the big his career. You know. Um, yeah, I think that I think that's true. He was, I mean, I think or I think he was actually thinking of doing it for his work was uh was graphic design oh wow so that that would be his main thing probably um and i mean even for his even for his albums he'll hire other people to uh do the artwork but then he'll he'll design it like like illinois is all he's composed that completely the the cover um He's he he took individual uh, elements that the um, the artist made and he's he's put it in different places. Right, and then got sued. <laughs> sued right? by uh, DC. That was yeah, the big the, story the for having image? Superman on it. Oh yeah yeah yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, John, it w- it's so nice of you to listen to our podcast and and to be on like it's incredible so we just want to thank you so much and two i just want to say that um i think the music you've made in in recent years is is totally up there and i'm been loving it and uh i just want to encourage everybody listening to 
listen to Half-Headed Cloud. Google Half-Headed Cloud Bandcamp and listen to John's music. Uh, particularly, I really loved that Christmas song you sent me that you just wrote for 2020. I, oh, yeah. I just, that quickly became one of my favorite songs you've written. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was really good. That's, uh, that's on a compilation out of Canada called Badgerland. Yeah, you know what? I have a song on one of them with you, actually. No way. Yeah. Um, where? What? It, which one was it? Let me find out right now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, and another thing I could say is that is that there are actually two half-handed cloud band camps. There's one uh, with Asthmatic Kitty releases. That's the main one. And then I also have a like something called half-handed cloud homemade. Um, for my self-release projects and uh, one including um, like an album that my kids and I made. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, oh, cool. Called, it's called so, I Don't Have a Bib. Nice. <laughs> and it's all, it's all so, recorded uh, on a, with a cassette player because that's how my sister and I made recordings when we were kids. The oh, one that I we're on together to is 2018. Yeah, so which, which one? 2018, the 10th year of Christmas. Yours is It's Advent, Let's Open the Calendar. And mine is <laughs> Song 2, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Ah, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. 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 I'll go back and wow, listen. Wow, Drew, I had no idea. It, these are really great compilations. Everyone should go check them out. It's Google Badgerland Bandcamp. Yeah. And then also check out Half-Handed Cloud Bandcamp with the hyphen and then without the hyphen to experience John's uh, without a bib. I don't have a bib, 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 bib. I don't have a bib, 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 bib. I don't have a bib, 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 bib. Well, yeah, no, just also wanted to say thank you and um, really appreciate your, I really appreciate your demeanor and uh, really appreciate that you're still making great songs. So thanks. Yeah. And all the best to you in Finland with your family. Yeah. And just thanks for being so kind and, and sharing those really, um, special kind of behind the scenes photos and and stories and also just getting to know you and your story was was just awesome and uh like i said we're huge fans of your music but now i can just say i'm a huge fan of of john ringhofer uh real deal awesome guy so yeah thanks john you you've made i don't know i'll probably this will probably be the highlight of 2021 i'm pretty sure (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> it's all downhill so thanks John. all right yeah <laughs> all downhill from here have have a good sled <laughs> okay <laughs> okay all right thanks guys okay yeah see you later. thanks john all right <laughs>